Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Skip Button, a podcast all about the music you love to hate. I'm your host, Ben Barzilai. And for the first episode recorded during the quarantine, I'm joined remotely by my sister, Dr. Maya Barzilai. Hi, Maya. Hi, that makes me sound like I am qualified to talk about this, which I'm not. That's kind of my whole shtick, is that I try to make myself sound like I'm qualified to host a podcast and just hope no one notices that I'm not. In that case, Dr. Maya Barzilai reporting for duty. <laughs> how's, uh, how's quarantine going for you? Um, it's not so bad. Um, I've been doing a lot of cooking and a lot of listening to NSYNC to power to yeah. power the isolation. Well, I'm glad that I could serve as inspiration. So yeah, the reason I wanted Maya to be a part of this episode is because I, like her, have been thinking a lot about NSYNC uh, approximately since 1999. Uh, and there is no one I'd rather share my thoughts with on NSYNC than you, Maya. Oh, back at ya. Um, so we both grew up listening to NSYNC. For those of you that don't remember somehow, NSYNC was a boy band from 1995 to 2002. Their second album, No Strings Attached, sold 2.4 million copies just in the first week, which is a world record for one-week sales in the country that lasted for 15 years until Adele surpassed it with her album 25, which is wild. That (laughs) That, is crazy. um, And that album... Stayed on repeat in our car. Uh, oh, wait, did we say that we're siblings? Yeah. Because not only did we both grow up listening to InSync since 1999, but we grew up listening to InSync together. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Our poor, poor parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think they like that album? I. That's an experiment that I would be excited to run. We should... Dial them in. I guess that our mother would be indifferent, and our father would not remember it. To be straight (laughs) bops. No, I think he'd be into it. Oh, okay. Um, Did you know that last week was the 20th anniversary of No Strings Attached? Whoa, auspicious. Over the past couple of years, NSYNC has like re-entered the public consciousness because in 2013, they performed at the VMAs to honor their fellow member, Justin Timberlake. They were then inducted into the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And of course, Ariana Grande recently referenced them on her song, Break Up With Your Girlfriend on Board. And then she invited them to perform with her during her Coachella Ooh, performance. Oh, I have not and- heard that last part. No. Should we pause so I can listen to it now? <laughs> I mean, go for it. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Yeah, sure, I'll edit it out. With or without you. Bring it down. I might put this I might put this whole thing in the episode. And the reason I'm bringing all of this up is because when people think of InSync, the first name, and in some cases the only name that comes to mind, is Justin Timberlake. Uh, starting with his debut album, Justified, in 2002, Justin leveraged InSync's success to become one of the biggest pop stars of the century. But the real InSync fans know that the true star of the group was none other than J.C. Chazé. So like Justin, J.C. got his start on the Mickey Mouse Club and was considered one of the boy band's leads. Uh, he had a killer voice. He had like movie star looks. He had great charisma. He was like the whole package. So... Why is it that when J.C. dropped his solo album, Schizophrenic, in 2004, everybody tossed it in the trash? So, Maya, that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's start by talking about J.C. in NSYNC. Do you agree with me that he was, like, 
the true star of that group? Yeah, I've been thinking about it. And I actually think he was almost like, like he was almost too good. And I think that's why people don't realize that he was like, he was too good of a singer to be in like a somewhat cheesy, but like very successful boy band. Mm. Like his, his voice, the, the music that they were making didn't, wasn't able to like show off all that he was capable of. Or, well, no, I would argue that a lot of the songs definitely show off that he's capable of a lot, but I don't think that that's what people listen for or listened for at the time when they were listening to NSYNC. And, like, I don't think there's any, there's no doubt in my mind that Justin Timberlake was, like, the most charming, enthralling performer in the group. But, like, when it comes to singing, I thought, I think JC, like, like, maybe not be as, he might not be as charismatic of a performer, but his voice is definitely better, but it's almost like he should have been doing a solo, like, I don't know, R&B album and like not doing the cheesy choreography because like his voice is just like too good to be doing, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah, I 100% agree. Actually, Billboard, there's a Billboard article called In Defense of J.C. Chazay. The writer says, Timberlake's signature falsetto was mostly heard on the hooks that made songs like I Want You Back and Pop so catchy. But J.C.'s soulful crew the majority of the band's singles. To put it simply, he just had more range. And I think what she's saying is that like, Justin Timberlake is the reason that NSYNC songs are so catchy, but JC is what like gave them any sort of like musical integrity. I, I was watching videos of NSYNC and JC just seems like he was built in a lab by like record labels circa 2000. Like he was an amazing singer. He could dance. He had, he was unbelievably attractive and charming. Like he was just the whole package. And it's just, it's wild to me that people look back and are like, oh, NSYNC was Justin Timberlake and everybody else. Have you, did you ever watch Dance Moms? No. Um, basically, so you know the show was about like this group of like, like a dance troupe and I think Pittsburgh of young girls and obviously like their moms, right? But dancers. Um, so mm. there were the, the two girls in the, on the team or whatever they are, the troupe that were like the best were Maddie and Chloe and Maddie always got the solos and Chloe's mom was always like, why is Chloe not getting the solos when you watch the show? And also what the like crazy dance team lady who went to jail, Abby, whatever, um, basically what, what you could uh-huh. see and what would, the answer was always like, there's just something that Maddie has that everyone wants to watch her. And it doesn't matter how good another girl's point is or how like tight her form is. Like if she doesn't have that thing that makes you not be mm. able to take your eyes off her, she's not going to get the solos. And I kind of feel like watching videos of NSYNC, like he, he right. was built, it was like, he was built by the record label to be perfect, but like they forgot to do the, add the part where he's like, has that X factor or whatever, like the thing that makes you not be able to take your eyes off. Right. I mean, I think he's very attractive, but like, here's what I think NSYNC looks like when you look at them as a group. Lance Bass looks like every single bass in any ensemble, which is like, he's smiling enough that he doesn't look bad on stage, but really he's focusing on nailing the bass lines, which he does. Chris, Chris is like similar, but Thanks. on the high end, he's like, haha, I'm just singing these high notes and I know I'm not the hot one. So I'll just do my thing. Joy Fatone is like, oh shit, I'm in NSYNC. Right. <laughs> I feel like anytime you catch a glimpse of him, he's like, oh my God, which is amazing to watch. Justin Timberlake, Justin Timberlake is like the lead man who you can't take your eyes off. And it's like, that leaves JC, whose personality is like the one who's butthurt that he's not the one that who people can't take their eyes off of. Mm. Do you think he It is? always came off to me that his personality was like, you know, trying his best to get over the fact that he wasn't the Justin. 
that's how he looks. He's also like, really? he, I think he's a little bit older than everyone, than at least many of them. And he just doesn't have that like cool look that like cool people have where like, they're not, it, he always looks like he's thinking about whether he's being cool enough. You referenced something that I also think is a factor, which is that Justin was actually a lot younger than everybody else. I think the, oh, okay. I think the oldest member is Chris Kirkpatrick. Right? Yeah. And he was like nine years older than Justin Timberlake. Like when no, oh. yeah, when no, maybe, maybe not that much, but I think when No Strings Attached came out, Justin Timberlake was like 20 years old and Chris Kirkpatrick was like 27 or something. Oh, interesting. And so I think okay. maybe, maybe this is not like how the minds of teenage girls work, but I think like just the fact that he was just a little bit more of a realistic, like fantasy, you know what I mean? Um, as a former teenage girl, I don't remember ever feeling like Justin Timberlake was a realistic get, <laughs> but, um, but I was always a Lance girl myself, which is a whole different yeah. conversation. We don't have to go there. Yeah. <laughs> My therapist has been dealing with it. So. <laughs> okay. So also, Sporty Spice was always my favorite. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like armchair expert, not this one. Um, right, right, right. Sorry. Uh, if you wanted to point to instinct songs to prove that JC was low key the MVP, what should people listen to? Definitely like the slower ballady ones, like uh, this. I promise you, that's when I'll stop loving you. Mm. I thought she knew. Yes. Um, I'm revealing that this is the one album that I really know. Well. Um, but even on the like, even in like tearing up my heart, like he comes on the verse, and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit. Like this melody is catchy or whatever. Like, right. like he just sings the hell out of it. And by the way, if people listening have not watched them singing the Spanish version of this, I promise you on the Latin Grammys. It's the best they've ever sounded. It's yes. A hundred percent. I, what happens when those non-native Spanish speakers start singing in Spanish, but it's good. It's good. And there's a moment where JC <laughs> begins his verse. I know what you're about to and he sound he comes in sounding like an angel, like sounding so good, and everyone screams, and he like gives a little smile, like yeah, I'm awesome, I'm like really good at singing, like, you guys. Oh, what's up, Latin Grammys? You didn't know about us? That's right. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's a new audience now, and I'm ready. Like, and and the thing when I hear when I watch that video and I hear Justin Timberlake sing, Justin sounds great, but he sounds great in like a very like 2000 way. Yeah, way. Right, exactly. It's a very specific kind of singing well. Like the same way that you hear old videos of Britney singing and you're like, Britney sounds great in this video. But then you hear JC sing and you're like, that's just good singing in any era. That's just like right, what good singing good sounds singer. like. In sync goes on a hiatus. Uh, they didn't break up. They didn't like announce that it was over. They were just like, we're going to take a break for a little bit and let Justin do his own thing. And in addition to Justin, you know, kind of being considered the lead of the group, there were a couple other things. One, like I said, he was younger, and he also got like some more celebrity points because he was dating Britney Spears. And that just sort of like catapulted people's interest in him more than it did like obviously any other member of the group who weren't dating famous people. And then in 2002, which by the way is the same year that they released Celebrity, Justin releases his debut album, Justified. Um, and this album was like a monster. He got four Grammy Award nominations. He won Best Pop Vocal Album. And it, 
debuted number two on the Billboard charts, selling 439,000 copies in the first week. It was certified three times platinum and has to date sold over 10 million copies. <laughs> JC, on the other hand, went on to release Schizophrenic, an album that has only sold 121,000 copies. So, what happened? Uh, so, JC released Schizophrenic in 2004, two years after the group went on hiatus, which for like in pop years is a millennium, like it's forever. And what happened was in 2002, JC Shazay dropped the song Blowing Me Up with Yeah, Love. that song you, doesn't, have you listened to this I don't song? include that in my criticism of his album because that song is like just catchy as hell. I, I heard it for the first time and I was like, this is trash. And then later that day, I was like singing it over and over again. It's just a fun song. Like you just can't deny it. Right. And, but the interesting thing about it is that it was released as part of the soundtrack for the film Drumline. Oh. So what, this is like a theory that I have that isn't really based on any facts. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Welcome to the skip button. (laughs) But so I think JC was sort of like recruited to record this song for the, for the film. And two years, it took two years after that to release an album. And my theory is that I don't think JC ever meant to record a solo album because I think he always thought that NSYNC was getting back together. Actually, like that, that part I do know for a fact. There are interviews where he's like promoting Schizophrenic where he's like, oh, we're like getting back into the studio like later this summer. Like this album was great. This like, it allowed me to sort of like release some creative energy that I had left over so that when I get back to NSYNC, like I can like start fresh and we can like be stronger and better together. And that never happened. And that never happened. And I, I think that, I think that maybe he never really planned on making this album, but that, um, the song Blowing Me Up ended up charting like relatively well and his label was like, wouldn't it be cool if you did a whole thing of this? And then they took 20 minutes to write 17 bullshit songs. <laughs> I mean, you really can't listen. And I'm like, definitely, I don't know that much about music. I'm not a very, I, I'm like pretty easy to please. Like I like a nice beat and like something that's catchy and I appreciate it when something's sung well. And like, I can't, li- with the exception of, maybe three songs right. I, I can't listen to that album like it's just not good yeah let's talk about it so first of all how would you describe like the sound of this album like what is jc going for on schizophrenic one of the things that's weird about it is it's like so it it so lacks anything cohesive that it's like that's what makes it feel like kind of like a grab bag of archetypical pop songs that just aren't good versions of those archetypes like, there's a lot of just, like, misogyny, right. like, it, you're amazing, but, like, don't expect anything in the morning. <laughs> and, like, one of the songs that I actually do think is catchy is Some Girls Dance With Women, knowing that it gets them attention. But, like, also, whatever, this was in 2004, <laughs> so it's not fair to, like, look at it with 2020 feminist eyes. But it's just a lot of, like, dumb pop tropes in songs that are just, like, not that catchy. There's also, I think, the most egregious kind of sin is what you pointed or you kind of draw drew my attention to because when I heard it I just blocked it out of my memory there's like a song that's like lyrics 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 and then he just goes scoop a doop bop a doop bop boo blah 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 I want to get with you it's like they didn't even try (laughs) to think of anything and like that's the vibes that you get off the whole album. Like it, it almost sounds like when JC was recording it he forgot what the actual line was and then the producer was like oh let's keep it (laughs) 
<laughs> School but not Like literally. Like you're like, ah, leave it in. <laughs> well, it it yeah, so the sound is so all over the place. There's a bunch of different genres that he's experimenting with. And he's he's self-aware of this. Like the reason the album is called Schizophrenic is it's in reference to like all the different styles that he's trying okay, to okay. Sure, implement. Sure, sure. But I but, like there are some albums, like some of Justin Timberlake's own albums that are like varied. But, like, like this is a criticism of, like, Lizzo's recent album, right? That it's, like, all over the place. Mm. But then people who defend her are, like, yeah, but she's, like, genuinely inspired by all these different things. And these are, like, genuine parts of her, like, creative expression. Right. So, like, the fact that it that the styles vary, you can just, uh, on its face, fault someone for it. But this was, like, okay, we should write a song that's kind of like this. And we should write a song that's kind of like that. And I guess we should do, like, a slow one. <laughs> like, there's just nothing that feels at all genuine about right. it. Right. It was it focused on breadth and once it, it like the, it tried to be ambitious by doing as many things as possible, but it didn't try to be ambitious by doing those things well. Right. So uh, some of the touch points for me, like some, some of the names that kept popping to my head as comparisons is first of all, I kept thinking about Robin Thicke. Okay. Like this sort of like, especially early Robin Thicke, this kind of like blue eyed soul meets hip hop with like a lot of attitude and then the other name that kept coming and up, and a lot of misogyny. And a lot of misogyny. Right. The other name that kept coming up was uh, Richard Marx. Okay. And oh yeah. Richard Marx, for those of you that don't know, uh, is a singer songwriter. His best known song is uh, "I Will Be Right Here Waiting for You." So Richard Marx actually wrote this "I Promise You," which, as we mentioned, is like the best showcase of JC. And actually, JC Shazay auditioned for the Mickey Mouse Club with "I'll Be Right Here Waiting." JC is like clearly inspired by Richard Marx. I think JC was like the reason that this "I Promise You" ended up on No Strings Attached is because JC was like, "We need like this is a Richard Marx song. Like it's going on our album for sure." Um, and so I think you kind of hear that sort of like, sort of like adult contemporary-ish vibes on this album. And those are actually the songs that I like the most. And, uh, but... Oh, so the one you like the most isn't All Day Long I Dream About Sex? <laughs> Can we talk about that song? A six-minute song, the lyrics of which are just the lyrics that are in the title, basically? <laughs> it's just that, oh, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of um that song, You and Me, Baby Ain't Nothing But Mammals, so let's do it. Like, it's just like... I honestly think that's insulting to that song. Because <laughs> at least that's, like, clever, like, doing it like they do it on the Discovery Channel. Like, animalistic, blah, blah. This is literally, all day long, I dream about sex, yeah. Listen, I mean, is that not how it goes? But yeah, and that's been my quarantine anthem. Uh, well, I was, I was watching the music video, which is like equally egregious and abusive. Thank you for your service. (laughs) (laughs) But all of the comments, the comments were mostly like a discussion about whether or not this is trying to be funny. And I honestly think it is. I like the, especially if you watch the the music video is so ridiculous that like surely JC knows that this is funny. Another way to think about what I was saying before about his personality is that he doesn't come off as someone who ever thinks that what he's doing is funny. <laughs> That's right? fair. Like, he seems like the type of guy who takes it way too seriously and like he takes it so seriously that he actually doesn't look cooler. Like he's just, right. like, he kind of comes off as a try hard. And so like, that's fine. And his voice is amazing that he like, sure, try hard. I'd love to listen to it. But then don't, 
have it all day long. I dream about sex song <laughs> on your app. Like that, I don't buy it. It hurts my feelings that this song, he's singing it like one of those like dumbass bands where nobody can sing and they just like say funny lyrics in a weird voice. Like you can sing. <laughs> like you're not, we all know this about you. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like because because you've been in sync, we know this isn't what you sound like. Like, forget quality. Like, this just isn't what your voice sounds like. I mean, I can understand like the trope of like being in a boy band and not wanting to be tethered to that identity, and so like going out into left field and doing something totally different. But like, there's no way that that he's he has the talent that we he's demonstrated, and that that's what he wants to record. Yeah. Again, like some girls dance with women is obviously like kind of disgusting and like irreverent at the very least. But like it's a catchy song that I think is like something that I wouldn't be mad to like kind of listen to. And same with Blowing Me Up With Her Love. Like there's nothing serious about it, but like it's not just silly. Yeah, he's like going, he's going for something. And in All Day Long I Dream About Sex, he's not going for anything, which makes it all the more upsetting that it's six fucking minutes long. Six minutes and five seconds. It's so long. I don't think I've listened to the whole thing yet. Um, but there, there are... I mean, you, I could tell you what it's like. Exactly like about four minutes you So I want to talk about some of the things that I did like about this album. And it's kind of what I expected to like about the album, which is that the ballads sound pretty good. Like, there's a song called Dear Goodbye, where he's, like, belting his ass off. There's a song, Build My World Around, which is, like, a very, like, vibey, interesting song where he sounds... Like, the songs where he gets to sing, <laughs> that's, the, that's the other thing, is that in so, the main disappointment for me about this album was that m- for most of the album, the songs didn't lean into any of the things that I think he's good at. In so many of the songs, he's, like, doing either sort of, like, this whispery sort of sexy thing which, like, is fine, but, like, it doesn't show off. Those are the things that we go to Justin Timberlake for. Right, right. Like, this sort of, like, like hush-hush, like, right in your ear, like, half-singing, half-spoken thing. That's what a lot of Justified was. And I'm not saying that Justin Timberlake invented that or that JC stole it from him. I think they're just two people who spent a lot of time around each other and have very similar musical influences. But... Justin Timberlake's really good at that. And JC's really good at just this like very sonorous, like belting form of singing. So why is he why is he doing this thing that Justin Timberlake already did and did better? And like it doesn't have to exactly. be uh, as much as I love the like ballad uh, yeah. songs, like it doesn't have to be that. Like the hook for blowing me up with her love is like kind of higher up in his register and it's like very like kind of like rhythmic and there's a the lyrics are just like uh 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 or whatever. But like he sounds great on it because singing and it's like a melody that he like it doesn't have to be it sounds really good on that song. It, it doesn't have to be this i promise you for him to sound good but like why make it the fucking yin yang twins exactly that's exactly what i was thinking of speaking of which do you so some girls dance with women uh has two versions one of them is like the original version one of them is the rap version featuring <laughs> dirt mcgirt do you know who that is Okay, so Apple, that's interesting because I have Apple Music and it says featuring Dirt McGirt. And I didn't know who that was before I Googled it. And it was 
the rap alias of uh, uh, Casey o- Seven. <laughs> <laughs> It was the it was like another <laughs> alias of old dirty bastard who was a member oh, of okay. of a member of Wu Tang, and I was like, "Who's Dirt McGurn? Why is he on this song?" And then I was like, "Oh, JC actually got like a a pretty legitimate figure in hip hop to be on this album, and it's it's not a great verse, and like JC's obviously like like of like." omnivore of culture like he clearly cares like if any if there's anything positive to take away from this album as a whole is that like jc really loves music like he he's clearly like I, I think that all of the things that he tried on this album like came from him i i have a feeling that it wasn't somebody going like you need to try this you need to try this i think he genuinely wanted to try all these things i i can that that pains me to believe unless you're right that he recorded it just to like get like shake his sillies out until NSYNC got back in the studio because for someone who really cares about music and like does objectively have musical talent it would be so nice if the output were better well this is something that I like that's kind of been nagging me is I wonder what would happen I wonder what this album would sound like if JC knew that Celebrity was going to be the last NSYNC album you really think that what happened was he recorded this album thinking that it had very low stakes because NSYNC was going to get back together and they were going to record the new No Strings Attached and everything was going to be fine well so, so what I know for a fact is that JC thought that there was going to be another uh, that they were like imminently getting back together that, that he's, he says as much what, what I'm wondering is did having that in the back of his head make him go, let's just have fun with this. Like, I don't, I don't need a hit single. I don't need this to launch a world tour or like launch me into superstardom because I'm already a superstar in sync. I mean, it's hard to imagine that somebody would, like somebody who is in this boy band that's, even if it is about to get back together, like wouldn't want to make it fucking awesome. Right. So like, maybe you're right. Or maybe this is just like his best and what he's good at is singing, like, like killing the vocals on a song that somebody else wrote. Right. You know, like... Right. Well, yeah. the dark, the darker version of this theory that I have, and this is like, we're getting into truly unfounded territory, okay. uh, is that I wonder if, because Schizophrenic and Justified were released on the same label, I wonder if the label knew something that JC didn't. I wonder if the label was like, you, like, please, please make an album because... Like, yeah, exactly. And JC was like, I get like, if you say so, I don't see why, but I'll make an album if you want me to make an album. But I don't think that Justin Timberlake truly ever meant to get back with NSYNC. I think, I think even sub, at least subconsciously, Justin Timberlake was like, I hope this album means I never have to do NSYNC again. I mean, I listen, if that's your theory about JC. Then it sh- I hope it's not true also about Justin Timberlake because if the, if both of these men went into the studio being like, whatever, I'll just throw something together, we're looking at just vastly different calibers of artists because totally. there's no comparison between like not just the success but like the quality, I mean, viewed objectively by someone who doesn't like think about this for a living but somebody who consumes it regularly, you know? Right. Like there's no comparison. So speaking of comparison of the two albums, Justin Timberlake has actually like had some interviews where he talked about JC and why this album sort of didn't cut the mustard. That's the first time I've ever said that phrase. Yeah, maybe say that a different way. So first of all, and we, you and I have talked about this. In, when he was talking about the album, Justin Timberlake said, out of all the boy bands, JC was the one that could outsing all of us. So, oh, I knew he had said that about NSYNC, but he 
said that out of like all the guys who were in boy bands in this era. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. I can't think of anyone better. Yeah. Than you. No. And so, like, when you hear Maya and I saying, like, we're not just being like fangirls or whatever. Like, it was like an open secret that JC was like a little too talented for what he was doing. And like Justin Timberlake was like, yeah, we were all trying to keep up with him. We were, we like, he was singing, he was singing circles around us. But then, and then he went on to say, quote, I remember our conversations about the album. I said, you're too talented for your own brain. I think that when you have that much talent and you can sing so many different styles, you want to sing all of them. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't give it a specific style, you give people too much room to compare you to everyone else. And I definitely saw that with the first record. Yeah, and I like I like I I like knowing that Justin yeah. Timberlake referred to JC as someone who was like too in his head because like that explains all these things that we're observing about him that like he never looks that cool on stage and he never like like he never kind of like wrote a song or like from this album there isn't a song that feels like it's just like his genuine like hit that he wanted to record and so like yeah I guess it's easier to think of him as someone who's just too smart as opposed to someone who's just bad at what he tried to do yeah I think ultimately. Justin, both like the reason that we're saying he wasn't as good as JC and the reason that he ended up becoming a huge superstar is like, Justin was really, really good at only one thing. Like it was a very specific kind of shtick that Justin had. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's even more impressive than that in my perception. Like he is able to have such kind of like varied sounds without it sounding like he's leaving his lane. Right, exactly. Like he can, he, you know, he stays in his lane, but he's able to push the boundaries of the lane just a little bit farther out to like do all these different things. But it's, oh, it always sounds like him. Right. And notably when Justin has left his lane, people hated it. Like his last album, people hated it. Exactly. I mean, this album, if you didn't know any better, like you wouldn't be surprised if this was like a former member of Boys to Men or a former member of like Blink-182 or like (laughs) random stuff. Like it's not... Not that he, not by any means that he should have made an album that sounded like insane, but like he didn't. It doesn't sound like an album from the guy from Insane or anything. It just sounds like a random assortment of random songs. It sounds like a now that's what I call music album. But right, but he just recorded all. <laughs> right, exactly. So, like, <laughs> in an ideal world, like, what kind of music do you wish this album had? Like, what what's an ideal JC Shazay album? He could easily pull off a, like what we were just saying about Justin Timberlake, which is like singing a lot of different styles because again, he's just one of those people who sounds good singing almost everything. But like, I would want him to be a little less like right. cheesy pop, even though he came from like arguably the cheesiest pop group ever. And like, I don't know, like I could, like I would almost rather listen to a song that's like kind of like musically, cerebral and kind of like hard to pin down and not accessible but because I believe he would do it well does that make sense yeah no it does make sense I yeah ultimately what I wish is that he was just making songs where he could just sing like ultimately like I don't need an album of ballads but like whatever you're singing like make sure you're actually singing it because that's that's like his best that's what he's best at right the album the album received like really mixed to negative reviews. The like nicest thing I the nicest review I read was like good for JC for trying to be more ambitious than Justin Timberlake. 
And I don't think that this album is more ambitious than Justin Timberlake. I know I already said this, but like it's ambitious in that it tries a lot of things, but it's not ambitious in the way that it tries to execute those things. It's like very middle of the road in that sense. It's kind of like Justin Timberlake's album was ambitious, but he did it so successfully that you don't perceive it as like, wow, this was really ambitious. It's just like, oh shit, all of these things are things I would want to listen to. Exactly. And if all you come away from jc's album with is like oh i guess that was ambitious then like he's probably just not being compelling in the performance or like whatever the actual out- outcome is because right like you don't want someone to be like hmm ambitious <laughs> <laughs> right it's like it's like oh well he's he's quite the character <laughs> it's like wow you tried hard <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay so the other thing that I wanted to talk about was like, I was curious about like extra musical factors that made this album fail. Like things outside of the quality of the music that maybe were working against JC. Um, first of all, Justin Timberlake had released this album, his album two years earlier. The album, like I said, was a huge success. And I, I don't know, but like it, it's hard not to think like, do you think people just didn't care do you think people thought we already got an NSYNC solo album? We don't need another one. You know what I mean? I mean, if that's the case, then I feel like it must have been a remnant of like whatever like higher up was shaping NSYNC to be the group that it was. Because I could, I could see how someone's like, you know, which one is JC? Like, whatever. But like, if JC had always gotten the credit for being the group member that he had been, then no, there's room for two NSYNC al- two, you know, two albums from former NSYNC members. Right, exactly. The other, the other extra musical factor, and we already talked about this, was that um, just not just that it was released after JT, but that it was just released so long after Insync broke up. Right, like if he was like if he left the Insync hiatus, you know, the the beginning of the hiatus, and was like, let's fucking do this, like like One Direction style, where they're all like, we're going to do our own thing for a few years, and I can't wait to see what we all do. He would have like sprinted to the studio, right? right. Oh, here's a question. Is there any is there any song on the album that's better than the best NSYNC solo song, which is, of course, My Shiny Teeth and Me by Chris Kirkpatrick? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know if there's any song on JC's album that you would listen to over My Shiny Teeth and Me. Is that from SpongeBob? That's from Fairly Odd Parents, Maya. Um, I don't, I, I honestly don't remember that song The other extra musical factor that went into putting a dent into JC's career was that in 2004, he was scheduled to perform at the halftime show for the Pro Bowl. Uh, And this was going to be like a a big way to sort of promote schizophrenic. But a couple months earlier, Justin Timberlake performed at the Super Bowl halftime show. And that's when the that's when the famous Nipplegate controversy happened. I think even people like us who remember when Justin Timberlake showed Janet Jackson's boob on national television, I think even we forget like how big of a deal that was and how angry people were. Oh, it was a really, really big deal. It's like a punchline now, but it was people were really upset. And I guess the FCC just connected the dots between JC and Justin Timberlake and knew that JC was going to perform a song called Some Girls Dance With Women, which was, like, incredibly sexual, and just, like, nipped it in the bud and said, no, we're canceling your performance. Which, like, 
ultimately was must have been devastating from like a marketing standpoint. Like this was going to be JC's like big like debut basically as a solo artist. This was going to be like what sort of like launched him as like a solo performer and it just never happened. I mean, as like a a female human now, I'm like I think it's fine that a song called Some Girls Dance with Women knowing it'll get them attention like, didn't make it to the fucking Pro Bowl, blah, 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 whatever it was. But, like, yeah, right. I do see how, like, also as, like, a JC fan, it, like, it feels like an injustice that he never got his, like, moment to be uh, appreciated for the talent that he is. On the other hand, write a better album. Right. Fair enough. But I think that, like, I, there was a time where, like, in sync in 2004, even though they hadn't put out new music, was still, like, uh, like a name like this in the same way that like One Direction is still a group that people talk about now I mean in 2019 Ariana Grande said it he, like please welcome NSYNC had everyone lost their damn mind right. so yeah it's still a name but so in 2004 they were still being interviewed and they were being interviewed about this almost exclusively the, like Justin Timberlake's Nipplegate performance as a group I, well, not as a group, but like if they were ever like in the media, that would be like the one and only question they'd get asked. Right, right. And so I think that like it was hard for JC to do any promotion without being asked, what about that time that Justin Timberlake showed Janet Jackson's boob on national right. television? So it's not only roping a scandal into his album, but it's reminding everyone of the InSync member that they knew about more. Exactly. And then the the last thing that came up, there's a there was an article um, – on a website called Shondaland, and it's called <laughs> Please Come Back, J.C. Chose. Uh, and it's sort of this ode, this, like, manifesto to why J.C. Um, needs to be given a second chance. And she said something interesting, which is, uh, had it been in 2018, Chose likely would have done what he wanted to. If his new music had too much label pushback, he could have just released his tracks on a mixtape like Charlie XCX did. Or he could pull a Carly Rae Jepsen and abandon mainstream music altogether and revel in the warm embrace of the underground. Or he could go the Miguel route, moving away from the limits of his first genre and settle comfortably into commercial limbo but creative fulfillment. Or, maybe, if he'd build up enough goodwill over time, he could have taken complete control over his work like Frank Ocean and go at it alone. So I think what she's saying is that, like, this was at a time where someone like JC was totally at the behest of a label. Like a, a pop star in 2004 did what the label asked him to, which is not to say that they like made him make the music that he made, but it was, it was just by nature of the time, it was made on a timeline. It was made with a marketing plan that was strict. It was like, it had to have this many songs and it had to do this well and it had to be sent to like these outlets. And I think if JC had made music at a time where like artists could just like be on the internet and do what they want, this album wouldn't have had to like ruin him. Right. I mean, part of me doesn't really believe that he was like, had his heart set on a solo career because like, as much as I understand the argument that like, there was no, none of the things that artists do nowadays, if they want to be free from their record labels, like it was 2004 and he was, like, a person with experience in the industry and probably a lot of clout. Like, if he really wanted a solo career, there were other things he could have done. Part of me thinks he just, like, didn't want to be another – he didn't want to be Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I, I think I, – and I think that's ultimately true. I think for as much as we're saying, like, the things that he should have done, 
I think there's like a pretty um a pretty reasonable theory that maybe he just like didn't maybe his heart wasn't set on this. I often do a thing on my show where I ask people what would it take for you to see this person live? But I don't know if this is a good one to do cuz I I I don't know about you, for me it's not that much. <laughs> I would I it wouldn't take much for me to go see him under very specific circumstances. Like it can be just him. I don't need the whole group there though. Like obviously hit me up when that happens. <laughs> I don't so it could be just him. I don't want to hear all the fucking songs off of schizophrenic and I don't want to hear all the bullshit songs that he's written then. Maybe a few. I want to hear him sitting down singing the shit out of all the instinct ballads. Maybe he can do like a funny like dirty pop, maybe some choreography, whatever. And then I want to see JC cover just like his favorite songs. Mm. Because like I know that I would probably enjoy his taste in music, although maybe his album says otherwise. But like he probably just has a ton of songs that he loves and sings in the shower and like wants to sing on stage. And if he performs like all the in sync hits and like fucking creep by Radiohead. And like, ooh, you know what I mean? Like, I would fucking yeah. watch that for for all of the money. Like, I would pay to go see that. <laughs> like, if I, if tickets were like eighty bucks, if it were like eighty bucks, it was like an like a not intimate, like a small venue. But if it was like a set. yeah, and like throwing us bones with like the stuff we like from InSync or whatever, like I would really enjoy that. But if he's trying yes. to be like thirsty and like bring bra- bring back schizophrenic, then like I'm all set. So, okay, so after, after Schizophrenic, he did announce that he was working on an album called Story of Kate. And in fact, the quote that I read from Justin Timberlake, where he was talking about Schizophrenic, was in reference to the fact that Justin Timberlake was uh, announced as like one of the producers of the new album. Um, so he was working on this album called Story of Kate, and he released two songs online to promote them. And one of them was called You Ruined Me, which I sent to you. And I actually think is pretty good. Yeah, I didn't like it as much as you did, but it's it's better than the majority of songs on Schizophrenic. And it's like, it's not as, it's not offensive. It's just not anything exciting. No. The, 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 the song that it reminded me the most of was, um, what's that Nick Lachey song? Um, hold on. Uh, um, you can have what's left what's of me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's sort of uh, like in that style, this kind of just like heart on your sleeve ballad, which yeah. fair enough, it, it it doesn't like rewrite the book on songwriting or anything, but like it is closer. It is a song where I'm like, this shows off what I think you're good at, which is just like belting and like leaving your heart on the table and sounding really good doing it. Um, but then in 2007, J- uh, JC ended up having some dispute with his label Um probably about the fact that like schizophrenic didn't do what it was supposed to do. And basically the album was just like indefinitely stalled. So I I think, and look, after, after this album, he did end up producing and writing for people like Backstreet Boys and for David Archuleta. He ended up producing a girl group called, I can't remember the name, Girl Radical, which if you haven't listened to them, don't. (laughs) They had like three songs and none of them are worth your time. Okay. Uh, And then he joined America's Best Dance Group which is an amazing show. And he was, a, I thought he was a great judge on that show. Like he wasn't just like some like celebrity judge who was like, remember when I was no, in sync? he was the straight man on the show. No, he, yeah, he was like the Simon Cowell. He was like, right. I'm going to tell you. Totally. And he was like, 
it was like informed. It wasn't just like, this was trash, this was bad. It was like, you, you know, you need to work on, you know, your transitions. And at this point you kind of weren't as synchronized and like very like thoughtful judging. <laughs> he was like the judge that I was like, all right, just skip to JC. Right. Um, <laughs> Um, well, there were times where I was like, I want to hear the wild thing Lil Mom is going to say about this. Yeah, like the one time where she was like, as a compliment, she's like, y'all always cease to amaze me. <laughs> That's not what that means. <laughs> um, That's the only thing I remember from that show. And that JC was like the Simon Cowell. And I was like, oh, shit, he obviously knows what he's talking about. So he he did that for until like, I don't know, I think like 2011 or something. And since then, he's kind of just, like, been in the cut. Like, he's, like, done some songwriting. He's done a couple acting gigs. I meant to watch it, but he, he he's, in a, he's in a movie called Opening Night where he plays, like, a dick version of himself. And apparently, like, it got, like, really good reviews. Other than that, he's, I, I, like, he's just been, like, chilling and, like, writing some songs here and there. I, I think, ultimately, the thing that, like, nags at me is not that people hated it because I think... I think ultimately it was a bad album that deserved people's hatred. Yeah. But what's wild to me is that like, it's not that people are like, Oh, remember when JC dropped that horrible album? People don't remember JC. <laughs> like he really seemed to like vanish. He like went from being one of the most exciting members of one of the most exciting pop acts in the world to like some guy who like used to be in a group with Justin Timberlake. I mean, if you, after you posited your kind of like mostly unfounded theory about his album, I have a mostly unfounded theory, which is like, he was in Mickey Mouse Club. He was slightly older than Justin Timberlake. He did the whole NSYNC thing. Like you can imagine someone who does that for like upwards of a decade. And then when their solo career doesn't work out, they're like, all right, that's okay. This isn't the best way to spend my time. And you know, like there are definitely downsides, I imagine, of being you know, a Justin Timberlake. And I can imagine him being like, okay, I did it. It's been amazing. I don't need to like twist myself into a pretzel to be the, you know, the other breakout star. Like I did what I did and it's cool. If his best work was in NSYNC, then I'm like very happy to, that we have that. And like, it's cool if that's if like, if he's done. Like totally. if he's happy, I'm happy. Good. And that's what it's really about. My happiness. <laughs> Well, thanks, Maya. Thanks for having me. I, it was so great to have you during these unsettling times. Yeah, and like, if you want to talk more offline about NSYNC, like, this is just what I prefer to talk about always. Perfect. I have your number. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the skip button. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, now that we're in quarantine during the end times, I've, I've been trying to think about new ways to keep this going. And I think what I want to do is I want to announce ahead of time what subjects I'll be covering and then maybe ask you guys to call in and just talk for a couple minutes about your takes on it and sort of just edit together all of my friends' uh, hot takes and thoughts and opinions. So if that's something that sounds good to you, let me know. Let me know what you would want to uh, hop on the show to talk about. All takers are welcome. Um, but until then, thanks again for listening. Wash your hands, clean your services, be nice to people, donate what you can to the people who need it, uh, and buy music. Go on Bandcamp, listen, fi- figure out what music is going to get you through this time, and actually buy it. Support, support the music that makes you happy. I will see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye.